0: That song was special this morning for Vaughn Palmer for the Vancouver Sun. He knows why, because he's going to explain it to us. Good morning, Vaughn.
1: Good morning. That's that's the soundtrack for what happened in Question Period in the legislature yesterday. So, you know, I go into the house uh, to watch Question Period. Uh, Keith Baldry of Global is usually sitting there beside me, and we both go in there so he can see the reactions. and what the tone they adopt. There's a transcript, of course, and you can get the video feed from Hansard, but uh, you go in there to see stuff. And uh, I hear the leader of the opposition, Kevin Falcon, get up and say, hey, uh, we've got a company in Langley that says they've got a license to import coca leaves and manufacture cocaine here in British Columbia. And, I have to say, my first reaction was, oh, come on, you know, the opposition seizes on things and blows them out of proportion and exaggerates and makes wild accusations. And this has got to be one of those cases. You're not going to have a B.C. company licensed to import <laughs> exactly. coca leaves and manufacture cocaine, except it turns out to be true. Um, the government is completely caught off guard by this, and you can see it in the initial reaction from Mike Farnworth the uh, the solicitor general he says to the opposition well come on you support decriminalization and the opposition says well support this and farnworth goes oh so you're changing your position are you and like it's like farnworth totally doesn't get the significance of what's going on which here. is unusual for him yeah, it is unusual for him, and, and but it tends to confirm he's caught completely off guard by this, and we saw that with the Premier, David Eby. So, Simi, the Premier wasn't in the House yesterday when this was level. He isn't always there, but he had time to get up to speed on the truth of the accusation. And by the time reporters get to ask him what's going on around noon, so an hour or so after question period, David Eby says he's astonished by this news. So same reaction a lot of people had. And he can't believe that Health Canada went ahead and approved this without consulting the province. So That's the provincial government story. Yes, it's true. And no, they can't believe it. And yes, they want an explanation for Health Canada for why they did this without consulting the province of British Columbia.
0: Well, that's the part that I don't understand. Like, if you're going to approve something like that, which you would think coming across somebody's desk, somebody would consider that to be significant, right?
1: Yeah. Now, these are competing bureaucracies, and we haven't heard Health Canada's side of the story yet. And it may be in the fine print of some letter to some bureaucrat out here. I I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, Levels of government don't always consult each other thoroughly. And um, ministries, uh, low-level officials don't always advise the people up the line that it's happening. You know, and to me, the other thing that when I started thinking about this and looking at it, I went, well, you know, this may be one of the consequences of British Columbia asking the federal government to decriminalize small quantities of hard drugs. So you're going to decriminalize somebody possessing a small amount of cocaine uh, and not charge them. And left open is the question, well, where is the cocaine going to come from? Are we gonna let the cartels continue to import it in, you know, convenient legal sized doses? Or are we gonna do with what we did Simi with cannabis, which is in the course of legalizing it or decriminalizing it? We're also gonna start making it so we're actually gonna be providing a safe sized supply Along with decriminalization, I don't know if that's where this came from, but it strikes me as a possibility that this is just one of the downstream consequences of British Columbia wanting and getting decriminalization.
0: It just feel, feels to me like there was not enough communication about this, right? Like, okay, yeah, we decriminalize this, but no—is it possible, Vaughn, that nobody asked the question? But where are these drugs going to come from? It
1: it. it or did they just discuss it at the official level and not want to share it with the public? I mean, the other thing that occurred to me yesterday when, you know, discovering, according to the premier, that this is true and the province wasn't consulted, um, well, will wait for heroin. Like, where are we going to get the heroin, you know? And I went, well, you know, maybe they've also issued a license to produce heroin. They didn't tell the province about cocaine, so maybe the same thing is going to happen with heroin. I mean, I think... We walked into decriminalization eyes wide open at the political level, but not really discussing in depth the implications to the public or even the consequences of what's been happening elsewhere. So, you know, Portland is an example uh Where Oregon decriminalized and they set up a whole bunch of money for treatment and so forth and addiction treatment, there was very little take up. They just ended up with more people taking drugs. Uh, Portugal, well, Portugal has gone this way and it's seen as a model around the world, but... You know, Portugal also included, essentially, compulsory treatment. You can't get the drugs unless you also agree to go into treatment. Uh, So there's an involuntary aspect of this. So my sense yesterday, Simi, was I was pretty shocked at the beginning. As I thought about it, I thought, you know what? We are headed down a road here where I don't think government has really thought through the consequences of bringing the public along on this. And the federal response may well be, look, you asked for this, and we told you what you needed to do, the so-called guardrails, in order to make this work. And again, the opposition has pointed this out. The provincial government has not complied with all those guardrails yet. So I, this is going to emerge, I think, as a major political issue, and it may well blow up in the provincial government's face.
0: All right, we will see about that one. But then speaking of that, too, let's talk a little bit more about that mental health and addictions treatment plan.
1: Yeah, so at the beginning of the week, uh, the day after the budget, uh, you asked me, was there anything in the budget that surprised me? And I said it surprised me that the BC Liberal plan to treat mental health and addictions problems was more ambitious and more expensive than the one the government announced. And EB, again, yesterday, and rolling out the aspects of the provincial plan, faced the questions, why aren't you doing what the liberals are proposing, which is eliminating user fees for treatment beds? And why aren't you doing what the liberals are proposing, which is creating regional centers for treatment so people don't have to all travel to Metro Vancouver in order to get treated? And, you know, Eby's defense on this is, well, this is our plan and we are doing a lot and that's all true. But there's a the, the gaps are the ones that are hard for him to defend. Partly because, Simi, I can't think the last time the Liberals proposed out spending the New Democrats on a social issue or a, a government treatment program. and Partly because, um, in this case, you know, the New Democrats are spending so much money this year. The deficits are going to be so big. The increase in spending is so big. Like they can not? hardly turn yeah. around, Simi, and say we can't afford this.
0: Like, why not go all in?
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. And they're, they're very defensive. They don't want to admit that the liberals might have, in this case, anticipated and come up with a good idea. Uh, so they basically push back, you know, as, well, you didn't do any of this when you were in government. And Well, you know, the, that's true, but the liberal comeback is, hey, you've been in the government for six years. Why aren't you doing it?
0: I wonder, too, with this whole situation involving the cocaine as well, like there's been a lot of pressure on the health side of things to do something, right? Do something about these overdoses. Do something. And you're right. Maybe not everything has been looked at here.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's true. You know, there's a real impatience out there, understandably on all sorts of things and not necessarily a follow-through by governments on, okay, you want this, here's what it's going to cost, and especially here are the implications. I really, I, I understand where the feeling is coming from that the war on drugs hasn't worked, that you're going to decriminalize small amounts of, of hard drugs and stop wasting police resources on it, But there are consequences of that. Uh, And the first one, of course, is where the drug's going to come from, especially the really dangerous illegal ones. We're seeing that. And, And I think the second one is what if it leads to more drug use? Like what if it doesn't really solve anything? It just simply leads to more people taking drugs.
0: Yeah. What are we going to do about that?
1: I don't know. Uh, I, I, we, we are going to be debating this politically for some time to come, Simi, but it's emerging as a, a dividing line between the two parties because while both of them bought intellectually the idea of decriminalization, uh, the opposition is going to go after the government for not thinking through the implications of going down that road.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.